This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So if you have a lot of points, this is the year to burn them. If you're if you're like in the you know high 20s and you can get a really good tag, don't wait. Do it this year because there's going to be a difference between this year and next year and then every year after that probably even. And if you are planning over the counter, this this might be a really good year to do it because it might be the last one. What are you going to do? She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoke team. Born with nature, and if you're a believer, born with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am Sam. I'm your podcast host. Thank you guys for tuning in. Ridge Rock Hunt Company is the podcast partner. Um, They drive our show here today, and I'll talk more about them at the end of our episode. This is our 2023 edition of the Colorado Hunt Planner. We did this last year with our Western Regional Staff Coordinator, Tim Burgess, Colorado resident, um, very knowledgeable with all this stuff. And we're kind of following up again this year um, as it's relevant to the time that we're in with another podcast. So this is a very educational uh, podcast and relevant to right now. So if you guys are looking at getting a uh, tag in Colorado this year, this is the one to listen to. So Tim, welcome back, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. So, always look forward to this one. Oh yeah, this is always it's like I said I I it's educational. I I enjoy it. I it, it's a lot of information. It it really is and I it, it was more information than I retained last year, so I'm hoping to pick up on a little bit more uh even myself this year and then um you know, part of our conversation also will be kind of my plan for cuz I'm hoping to draw a tag to come up there and hunt with you this year. Um, yeah, so, that's the plan. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that and get into some details on what I need to do to make that happen. But um, 
I'm going to let you kind of kick it off, Tim, and, and take us into it. And, and for our listeners, there is a uh, an actual visual resource that you guys can see on our website, fallobsession.com. Tim put together a, a very detailed article, um, educational piece, outlining everything and more than what we're really going to talk about today as it's relevant to the draw applications for individual species in Colorado. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Tim, and we're going to dive into this and start breaking it down. Sounds good. Um, I always start and we'll end with the same thing, which is the deadline, because we had a staffer last year that decided he wanted to try to do it and his internet didn't work and (laughs) I was trying to help him while throwing up. So um Let's uh, let's try to avoid that this year, guys. The perfect storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way, way to go, out. Nick. <laughs> He's not on this one this year, so I can call him out. But yeah. uh, so if you you or your friends want to apply this year, don't wait till the last fifteen minutes because something will happen. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, the deadline is April fourth at eight p.m. Mountain Time, and they do not extend it like unless last year they did for like fifteen minutes because like their server went down for like three days. Mm. Um, it's not like they actually extended very much, no matter how many server problems they have. So don't plan on getting any more than, um, April 4th at 8 PM mountain time to get it done. Um, so that's where I'll start and say that, uh, it is open now. It opened on March 1st. Um, if you're like me and super overachiever, you already did yours and already paid your money and then you, uh, you gotta wait and see what happens and pay more money later. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. But uh, kind of how it works, same as last year, you have to buy a, a license or turkey tag, small game license or turkey tag um, as your qualifying license, and then a habitat stamp, and then there's an application fee. Um, Colorado's lovely cost of living adjustments this year made everything a lot more expensive. Um, and we'll get into the really big jump in, in cow elk tags cost in, in a little bit, but that's the biggest expense gain but otherwise since inflation's up everything else is up too yeah. and uh it's the way Cardo does it is every year everything goes up by the cost of living index um so you know the small game license went up like three or five bucks i think it was about five bucks turkey tags for residents went up about five bucks for non-residents it was like 40 bucks so it's a pretty big difference there yeah. um and ap- application fees went up a dollar for residents a dollar for non-residents and then uh habitat stamps went up like dollar ish something like that um which hurts every every extra dollar is one less thing so um anyway so when you get your when you go into your cpw uh, account you'll have to add all that stuff to cart before they'll let you do anything else um we are past the spring turkey draw so there might be some leftovers i haven't looked i'm not gonna go turkey hunting this year so i haven't really paid attention to be honest um, but your other option is doing over the counter, um, turkey, spring turkey hunt, if you want to do that instead of the uh, small game license. Um, if you're a resident, it's about the same price. If you're non resident, it's like 80 bucks more. So keep that in mind. And if you, so don't buy the turkey tag unless you're really going to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, uh, the other big change is they decreased the elk units a little bit on the over the counter. Um, I believe they took one unit out for archery. Um, uh, for bulls and they decrease the cows by a couple units um i have a feeling this is going to be one of the last years if not the last year of true over the counter uh no limits uh, yeah Evan. i was going to ask you about that because we recorded a podcast not that long ago uh talking about your farm and everything up there and we got into a little bit of the the elk hunting and and some of the 
upcoming projections for over the counter tags. I was going to ask you what, what all came of that, if anything yet. So like officially nothing yet, but they have two problems that they're running into. Um, all of the elk herds aren't doing great. They all have high predator numbers right now. The uh, Cardo has some of the highest mountain lion and bear populations um, in the, in the lower 48, like other than California, Californians are insane. But other than that, we're pretty much the next highest on those two. And the harvest rates on both mountain lions and bears are super low. So that's one problem that needs to get solved. And then voters in Colorado decided that wolves were going to be a great idea. And so we have the CPW has to introduce wolves by the end of 2023. Um, and they released their wolf plan. It's probably been a month now or maybe a month and a half, but, um, the two main areas they're looking um, are both west of the Continental Divide, basically right along the I-70 corridor, like near Glenwood Springs is one. And then the other spots up kind of south of Craig, but in that general area. Um, so it's like two really, probably the two best elk herds in the state and the best pronghorn herd in the state is mm. are all going to get just hammered. Um, and the problem with Craig is it's right near Wyoming already. Um, it's where I hunt up there all the time. So like it's my home area, but so I saw wolves, uh, January of 22, um, that were coming in from Wyoming. So it's already got wolves. And so it's like, they, they don't need more, but they, you know, they got to do what the voters said, or they're going to get in huge trouble. So they, they're going to do what they're going to do. But so if you have a lot of points, this is the year to burn them. If you're, if you're like in the you know, high twenties and you can get a really good tag. Don't wait, do it this year. Cause there's going to be a difference between this year and next year. And then every year after that, probably even. Wow. And if you are planning over the counter, this, this might be a really good year to do it. Cause it might be the last one. Uh, I think they'll probably just decrease. I think what I think will happen is they'll get over the counter cows completely. And then bulls, I think they'll um, either limit non-residents or they will do like a limit per unit, one or the other. Um, I think the voters here want it to be limit non-residents, but none of them think about that's where all the money comes from. Mm -hmm. And so CPW, I don't, I don't know if they want to do that because you know they're gonna they're gonna lose a ton of money anyways uh, with having decreased tag numbers going forward. So we'll kind of wait and see. But I, I do think this this would be a good year to use a bunch of points if you've got a bunch of points if you can get into the, some of those premier units, maybe maybe not the top one, or if you can get in like the top five, I, I'd spend them this year and go for it. Hmm. Good so. to know. Well, uh, let's get back to going through some of this stuff. Thank you for that. That's very interesting to me. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why the, the whole wolf thing and everything intrigues me with how they do that, but it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. All right, so um, on here, I'm kind of following you using our, actually, here on my phone, you might see me scrolling if you're watching the podcast video, but um, I have the article pulled up on our website that you that you wrote for us and everything and kind of following along here. Um, a, B, and C tags. Talk to us a little bit about those and, and what those mean. Yeah, so um, it's the type. So basically every type, every species has an A, B, or C. Even moose has Cs, which are super rare. Um, bighorn sheep and, and uh, mountain goat do not have Cs. But C, uh, basically what it is, is there is um, A tags allow you to have one of those tags. 
So basically in most cases, it's um, your bull tags, your, your buck tags, um, basically any male animal or either sex tag is most likely going to be an A tag. Very rare exceptions. If you get into like white tail deer, sometimes they're not, but in general, anything with antlers is going to be an A tag. And so that allows you to have one of that type of license. So if you buy an over-the-counter archery bull tag, you can buy, that'll be your only bull tag you can buy unless you buy a um, governor's tag. And then that's a different conversation and you're spending enough money where they're, they're going to let you buy a second one because you're dropping $100,000 plus. So they don't really care at that point. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you're not getting another one. Um, B tags are... And generally, most most of them are um, high population areas uh, for draws for cows and does. Um, and you can have an A and a B, or you can have two B tags. Um, so if you like an area that I usually elk hunt, the it's set for second rifle season, which is when I usually go. The elk tags, uh, bulls are over the counter draw, so you can draw. You can buy an A an A tag bull tag. Um, when those go on sale in August and then the B tag cow you put in for the actual draw and you have to actually draw it. Um, odds are pretty good. Um, as a resident, it's pretty much guaranteed with zero points as a non-resident. It's like 99, 98%. It's getting a little harder where there's not as, there's not usually leftovers anymore. There used to be leftovers like crazy, like even four years ago, but due to COVID and they've decreased the number a little bit. It used to be about a thousand for two seasons. Now it's about eight fifty, just because the herd's not doing great. It's got fairly prevalent CWD. So need about 10% um, in the elk and the, the deer in the same area around 20%. So it, it's getting, they're getting affected by it pretty well. Um, but yeah, then C tags are, you can buy as many as you want. And these are kind of usually like tags that have really crappy access um, or there really aren't animals there. So like how we talked about it in the previous one I was on with my farm, um, mm-hmm. how there's the elk tag out there. So that's a C tag and it's over the counter and you just pay them the money and they'll hand you 50 of them if you want them. Dang. Um, you're not going to find 50 elk in the, like in the whole area. It basically covers east of I-25, almost all of Colorado. So that's basically anything east of Denver, Yeah. <laughs> north and south, all the way to the state line. There's a little bit in there it doesn't cover, but basically everything else. Um, and like, if you could hunt the entire area, no, no, and had all land access everywhere, you might find 50 elk, <laughs> but, uh, there aren't too many. So C tags are usually deals like that where it has poor land access, um, either low population. Another C tag that I run into a lot is also at my farm. There's a C tag for whitetail does only. And that tag's got a big, it's got a pretty big uh, unit area. It's good for too. Basically, it's like northeast Den, northeast Denver to the state line out in like a, a certain area. It's like five units in four or five units in a row. Um, but like land access is really hard. There's there's I think like a thousand total acres of actual public. There's more walk-in that like people the landowners will don't let the state lease their land and let people hunt it. Than that, you probably get you probably have five thousand huntable acres, or maybe a thousand huntable acres, or maybe maybe ten thousand in this whole area. Um, but if like the deer don't hang out usually at the places that are put into that program because they usually like the river bottom and other stuff, so it's just not not always a good tag to pick. So, sea tags I always say be really 
cognizant of like why it's a sea tag. There's probably a reason that either there's not very many animals, access is impossible, or um, you need to just pay money to get private access. So keep gotcha. that in mind when you're looking at sea tag. Um, but if you do have like super limited access or like the one of the few spots where it is like there's one decent elk herd um, near Kiowa, which is like just east of Denver a little ways on a, a range there that has access. And if you got permission, which means you paid money uh, to that ranch, you might want to buy two or three of those those sea tags because you probably going to have a shot at three or five or seven elk if you want to because they have a pretty good herd that hangs out there consistently. Um, but you got to make sure, like, it's okay with them that you shoot that many, of course, before you buy them all. But right. that'd be the kind of way you would, when you would think about buying um, extra extra tags is if you have an ability like that. Or like like I said, when I go elk hunting, I always buy, an, I always buy the bull and the cow for the area I go. Uh, as a resident, it's not that expensive. You know, they're about 60 bucks a piece, 60 bucks a piece. Uh, where for you would be 800 bucks a piece. And that, that isn't a realistic ask of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we all got to check with the boss first. So <laughs> yeah, we, I know how that works. So I always tell my, like, well, a few people and I'm low when we're local and they, I'm like, buy both. Think of it as a hundred dollar donate, a hundred or hundred fifty dollar donation to CDW. Um, and then if we get one, great. Um, cause if you only buy one, we're only going to see the other. So if we're local and if you're not local, then you got to decide like, is it really worth it to me to spend all this money for another one or not? Right. Gotcha. Well, uh, let's get into some of these, some of these different species and everything. What do we need to know about deer, elk, all the above when, uh, when putting in for, for these tags? Yeah. So we'll start with deer, um, just cause it's, We'll go by the order that I put them in, in the the thing uh, in the article. But uh, deer, pretty much, are mule deer are always um, draw only, or buy a landowner tag, or buy the governor's tag. Um, so there's no way to like. You may get lucky, and some will make it through the leftover list. If you like in areas with either really poor land access, or like really bad populations, but in general you need to put in for, I mean, if you want to mirror the tag, unless you're going to spend a bunch of money on a landowner tag. Um, those are the two options. And like a good landowner tag is probably 7,500 bucks. Um, you might be able to find some that are less that aren't great, but somewhere between five and 7,500 is about a realistic price for a good landowner tag. And that's just the access. That's just the tag and access to their land. That's not guide fees. That's not anything else that they'll probably charge you on top of that. Gotcha. Um, so for that, for, for mule deer, you definitely want to make sure you think about where you put in for the draw. Um, again, prices went up this year, just like they always do. Uh, residents were up to 45 and change for adults, 17 and change for kids, non-residents. It's up to 456 and change. It was about 415, 420 last year. Um, so it's 30, 40 bucks, something like that difference. So, pretty substantial um the one nice thing that colorado does is they keep youth tags pretty reasonably cheap and if you're going to buy the youth qualifying license as a non-resident it's like a dollar 47 for a youth uh, small game tag so if you are thinking about coming it's only going to be another 150 bucks for your kid to come and draw a tag so 
take your kid. It's not that much money when the grand scheme of things like, um, you know, if, if they're old enough and they have hunter safety, but that's, that's the, the spiel there. They do have to be 12. Carter does require a minimum age of 12 for any hunter. Um, but just a heads up there. Yeah. Uh, white tail deer is a little different. Um, again, usually in general, it's, you want to draw cause that gets you the best options. Some do make it to leftover every year, but usually it's places with crappy land access. Um, and, or if you have land somewhere, you can think about like, this is my place fall through. The other option is there are, is a super limited area over the counter whitetail tag. Let me pull it up just cause I'm not that familiar with it. Um, it's basically like Carter Springs to Pueblo to the state line and like just on the West side of 25. Um, so for me, it'd be like an hour, hour and a half drive to like a four hour drive and then just to the West. And there's really no whitetail there. <laughs> um, basically, like, they don't want them in this area because the, the deer populations in those areas are, are – the mule deer are doing okay. And whitetail actually outcompete the mule deer, which seems really weird. But Interesting. Uh, they just – they hang out better. Um, and they just – I don't know what – I don't know how to explain it other than they, they just live better with people. And so, like, especially around, like, cross trains and Pueblo, the – whitetail populations will probably push the mule deer out eventually. Um, and that's what they're trying to avoid is they want to keep those mule deers as healthy as possible there and keep that, keep that growing. Um, but if you, and the other thing is make sure if you do buy one of these whitetail only tags that you make sure you actually shoot a whitetail, um, especially small young ones look extremely similar. Um, like a forky mule deer and a, and a two point whitetail look almost identical, like rack wise. Yeah. Um, so really take your time and look, and it is a big fine if you shoot the wrong one. I think it starts at 500 in five years of your five years of hunting. So, wow. um, you definitely want to make sure like, if that's what you got, that's what you got. Yeah. Wow. Good to know. So we talked about whitetail. We, uh, we talked about mule deer. What else on deer? That's the, I mean, other what they do have um if you're a resident look at the and you want to build some points and like go on a special hunt look at the ranching for wildlife on these there's some good ones um i did a ranching for wildlife a couple years ago for elk um and i wasn't successful but i definitely had probably two chances at elk i just couldn't get out of the truck fast enough uh and it, and like know what you're getting yourself into ask more questions than I did. If you do end up doing one about like, Hey, what's the road conditions? Am I going to be able to drive places? Is this realistic that, you know, uh, cause they told us like, Oh yeah, you can drive all over the ranch. And then they get there and there's four feet of piled snow everywhere. And they're like, yeah, you can drive on the roads that are plowed. And then we're like, they're like not even half the County roads are plowed. They're like, what? And then they're like, when you have to get your truck and get out of the truck, and of course you have to get like legally off the road far enough to shoot. And it's like, so you're running over to a fence in four feet of piled snow, trying to jump a fence and then trying to get like, it was like 15 more feet from there to where you had to get to where you're legally far enough off to shoot. So it was like two times. I, one time I fell on the way to the fence. Another time I couldn't get over the fence fast enough. So it's like, this is ridiculous. So yeah. just kind of ask more questions. If you do end up doing one of these hunts, especially if it's, january or late december mm. know what you're getting yourself into ask more questions and know more than i did <laughs> <laughs> what 
Well, uh, let's talk about probably the one if if we majority of people that are listening to this for the educational purpose probably want to hear about this one. That's the elk. So let's yep. dive into that. Cool. Let me scroll down just so I can don't say anything dumb. But yeah, so elk. Um, again, the big change this year, and this is the biggest change they've they had this year in my opinion was they moved the cow elk tags to be the same as the bull. Um, and of course they moved them up in price it as well, but they're 760 bucks a piece, 760 and 99 cents. So basically 800 by the time you think about it, um, easily, I'm going to, what I'm going to tell everybody is 800 bucks when they ask what it costs. Um, and that's before you, dr- you put in for the draw and whatever. Um, so right now for elk, they still have the, um, over the counter options and there are quite a few. Um, so for archery, they have a cow only B tag, like I was talking about, and then they have a, um, either sex or bull only a tag. So if you, um, wanted to, you could buy the either sex and the cow. If you thought you're going to get really lucky and be able to have a shot at both, um, you could always which might not be a bad idea um, that way if and especially for local like what's another 55 it's for us it's 62 dollars this year um for 62 bucks if i got the chance to shoot two elk i totally would yeah um for you again 800 bucks your wife's not gonna okay that one yeah and like you were talking about earlier you know you the where Colorado makes their money is the non-residents. That's a perfect example right there. You're you're literally talking about a seven hundred dollar difference per tag for resident non-resident. So that's yeah. That's where that's where the money comes from right there. So exactly yeah. And with and with the no caps or anything like I mean the elk archery elk and second and third rifle season elk make more money than every other thing combined. Wow, it's just, it's the way it is. So um, you know, there's a reason that people always complain it's overcrowded and all that stuff and yeah it is so that's why you put in for the draw and you draw in an area that's not on the over-the-counter options even if you you know or you or if you over-the-counter hunt for three or four years and you put in for points for five years and then you got five points and get to a better unit where there's not going to be as many people and let's say that unit has 75 tags well if you and your buddies get three of them you know there's 72 other guys out there like that's not too bad so that's the that's always my counter when people complain about overcrowding. It's like, well, for you know, five hundred bucks over the next five years, you could have a way better experience, and you could still hunt every year. It's not like you have to just say, "Hey, I'm gonna just like put in for points and sit around at my house." Like you can put in for points and draw either a second choice or an archery elk tag, uh, like what I do for elk is I put in for preference point as my first point and the first choice. So I always get a preference point. And that cow tag I want um, up near Craig, I put it as a second, and I've drawn it every time I've done that. If you're a non-resident, it may not happen because it, it's getting to the point where that probably isn't going to hit every time. But as a resident, you'll probably still hit that every time. Um, and if I don't draw it, I can always just buy the over-the-counter bull tag and just have one tag yeah. that year and have saved 60 bucks. So um, that's what I do, and that's what I'll – this year I think I'll probably do it again. We'll see it's. I didn't put in for a cow tag this year just because I am planning on you have you coming up and having to use an extra week of vacation to, to get you get you a tag, um, get you hunting. But uh, we'll see what happens if that if that doesn't work out. I'll probably regret not putting in for that. 
Well, now you're going to make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I, if I save the week of vacation, that's just another week to use next year. <laughs> well, there you go, I guess. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I know next year everybody's planning on coming up, so it's I'm not going to have a choice about it next year. <laughs> so. Yeah. What else? Let's see. What else about elk here? So, like I said, there's that sea tag by my farm. So, if you look at the guidebook, or if you're looking through my article, the brochure, which we'll make sure we get a link somewhere on our website for the the actual brochure, so you can read the actual rules. But yeah. um, you'll see one that says "over the counter either sex rifle planes." So this is the one I was talking about. That's out by my farm. It's good for like basically most of eastern Colorado. Um, it's Good from September 1st to January 31st. You can buy as many as you want. Use any weapon you want, rifle, bow, muzzleloader, whatever. They don't care. Uh, they just want you to shoot elk because they don't want to pay crop damage. Hmm. Uh, but there aren't many elk out there. So unless you know somebody who has elk on their place or you see them on a trail cam, it's probably not worth it. The only reason I bought one last year is because I had a bull elk on my trail cam two days in a row. And I was going out there that Friday. Literally, I was on two, Monday and Tuesday. And on Friday, I was going out there anyway. So I was like... Even if he's not still there this weekend, I'm going to pay the 56 bucks and the, the one in 50 million chance he's still there this weekend. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, things think that's the my other point there is like know what you're getting yourself into with where your ta- where your tags are. Um, really research like on Onyx or whatever ownership map you want to use to see like does this unit actually have some public land, um, and don't count on if it says walk in. Don't count on that being. Um, where elk live, especially in the eastern plains, like there's not going to be elk there. Gotcha. Um, you know, deer probably, yeah, there'll probably be some deer there, but it's not going to be a, you know, it's in walk in for a reason. It's not leased by an outfitter for a reason. Right. Um, you know, if it's primo habitat, some outfitter is going to pay way more money to lease it than uh, the state pays. I can tell you that because we lease ground of the state and it's like six bucks, seven bucks an acre for wow. them to have it for, for that. It's not a lot of money. So, um, any outfitter will pay 20 if this stuff's good. So just keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Yeah. Gotcha. Good to know. Let's see what else on elk. Um, so again, draw is the best option because you're going to, especially if you draw something where there's no over the counter, you're going to draw, you know, you're only going to be competing against how many other people have tags. So that's my first and always you want to try to do that. Um, Landowner vouchers are great too because you get private access, but again, they cost money. And uh, a lot of us, like, you know, if you can find one that's reasonably inexpensive, there's probably a reason it's inexpensive. Cow tags, I would, cow vouchers, I would say, should be between 500 and 1500, depending on exactly where, how much ground, and everything. Some will be more than that, but, you know, like, if you're going to shoot a cow, like, they're going to be on that place. They're not. And so know what you're getting yourself into, but like you can get a voucher for a cow for five to 1500 for a good bull voucher. You're looking at like 7,500 to 15,000. Like, um, for a bad bull voucher, you're probably looking at like three to 5,000. And that would, um, but I mean that, that voucher is going to be not that much better than like just seeing if you can just pay the trespass fee there because, especially if they're doing voucher. And the other thing to think about with, with some of these vouchers is if you can get a second season cow voucher, see if you can make a deal with the landowner. Like, Hey, if there's a bull, I can buy a bull over the kind of bull tag. How much would you charge me if I shot a bull and see what they'll do? Cause someone will be like, Hey, I'll, 
do a voucher for a thousand bucks on the cow. And if you shoot a bull with your over the counter tag, I'll charge another thousand bucks. That's probably worth it, you yeah. know, to get private access, even if it's only the minimum acreage is 160 for, for a voucher. And if you sell on more than one, you have to sell the more acres you have, more vouchers you get. Mm-hmm. So if they're selling one, they probably have, they might only have 160, but if they're selling 23 vouchers, like some of them do, they've got tens of thousands of acres. So, you know, that'd be worth a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks extra to have the chance to shoot a bull, in my opinion, on top of having that cow voucher. So yeah. shop around, ask, ask questions, see what you can do. Um, they might be able to help you there. Um, some of them are not great about working with you. Some of them are, it kind of just depends, but the more questions you ask, um, the better, the best resource I found to find vouchers is hunting fool. Um, their website has a like a list of them and they're really good about updating it and checking that they're actually valid vouchers. Yeah. Um, they are, just give you all the, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to point out that the links to, um, like these, these landowner tags and landowner vouchers are in the article as well. Yeah. For, yeah. For exactly. I put the link to hunting fool in there. Um, there won't be anything up there until at least June because mm-hmm. landers don't know if they have any until June. So if somebody's the, there's two things to know about vouchers. Um, one, only the landowner or the landowner doesn't need can actually sell them. So if some outfitter is trying to sell you a voucher, make sure that you're actually getting it from the landowner with the landowner signature because it's not valid otherwise. Mm. Um, and like if it's like owned by a trust, there's one person allowed to sign that voucher. So figure out who that is um, through the state, like through who owns it and stuff and, or who put in for the vouchers through CPW. They'll tell you if you say, hey, I'm looking at buying this voucher, who needs to have signed it? Uh, make sure it's done properly because if not, you just lost your money. And CPW will probably try to go after the people, but you're not going to get to hunt that year. Like, yeah. You know, you may get your money back, but your hunt's wrecked. Yeah, so exactly. uh, be careful on that. The other thing to know is they give you, when when you buy it, whatever area that unit is, that one's good for. It's like the one by my farm, we're in 93. Um, so my dad would sell you this one, for example. You'd be good for all the land we own in unit 93. Hmm. Um, so like, you know, some of them are good for multiple units. Like where I go elk hunting, it's the, they're always good for three and three Oh one. So if I bought a land voucher from somebody up there, it'd be good for all the land they have in three and all the land they have in three Oh one, they can exclude like the first 50 feet around their house. Or like if they have like, or if they have like a gate, only cattle can go in and out. They have to give you a ways to go around the gate. Um, but if they say, hey, you can't hunt this area, you need to call a game board and be like, I bought this voucher, they're not letting me hunt here. And they'll they'll sort that out real quick. Um, so just be like aware of what you're what what you get and also like what you're paying for. So like look at look at their ground on Onyx again, ask them for the exact real coordinates and figure out what all they got. Um it's a game and you know they're trying a lot of time it's just a rancher trying to make some extra money and he may not know all the rules. Um uh, so you know, he may say, well, everyone else in the past doesn't care that I didn't let them hunt this 50, this 50 acre parcel over here. And it's like, well, that's not really the way this works. And I, there's all clear. I want to shoot them. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously you don't want to piss them off and like ruin it for everybody else going forward. But, you know, you paid for that legal access. You need to have that legal access. So. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. What else do we need yeah. to know on elk, Tim? Uh, so with elk and kind of, and back to deer on the same thing, they also have an auction tag that I kind of mentioned where it's like, you can buy it. Um, and it's good for anywhere, all seasons, any unit, whatever. Um, that's one thing to keep up. There's also raffle tags. So the raffle tags are, 
Um, each different species has a certain number. Elk has two, deer has two. Um, most of the other ones only have one. But that's, again, good for anywhere, any, any, any unit, um, any method of take, all that kind of stuff. Usually it's pretty much unlimited season. Some of them have slight restrictions, but not much. Um, I know the bighorn has, one has one area you're not allowed to hunt, but like the rest, it's pretty much wide open. Um, and so those raffle tags are a great option if you've like, especially if you're at somewhere that's selling them. Like if you go to the Sportsman's Expo in Denver, um, there's always the bighorn booth selling. Like they have the bighorn, the mountain goat, and the pronghorn tickets there. Um, they're like 25 bucks, and the odds on them are way better than you know, then drawing the ta- the actual, especially in the big horn of the mountain goat, the moose tags themselves. So, and all that money has to be used for conservation for that exact species. So don't feel ba- like I usually put in for at least one of them this year. I, I missed at the expo and I, I'm probably going to actually draw the deer tag that I want this year. So I'm not going to put in for the deer one that I normally would just because I, I know this year I'll probably actually draw. So there's no reason to end up with two, oh. but in that weird case i actually could have two tags that are both considered one would be an a and one would be a c again back to the c tags these raffle and auction tags are c tags so even if you do magically draw the best tag you've ever wanted and you win the raffle in the same year like you you could hunt both so you'd have two great tags um that year if you wanted to if you you know if you did it's pretty unlikely but it could happen (laughs) gotcha so very cool. Anything else before we move into pronghorn? I don't think so. That's, but I'm sure we'll, you have any questions because you obviously are just trying to learn. Yeah, no, I figured uh, we'll we'll get through some of this and then kind of to to wrap it up, we'll we'll pinpoint just kind of what I'm about to what I'm about to do. You know, with okay. um, as we mentioned earlier, with me wanting to come up there with you, so. Um, unless there's anything else on elk, we'll, we'll keep mowing through it and, and wrap it yeah. up. So I think we're good. Um, I will mention one thing again for all of them. There is a code for just preference points. I put it in the article under every single species. It's like the second thing listed. Um, but the code is P nine, 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 nine P. And that means I want to put in for this animal, but I only want a preference point. I don't want to draw a tag. Um, so like this year for me, for pronghorn, I put in for just a t- just a preference point. I don't want to try draw a tag at all. Um, the season, just the dates don't really work out for me this year, and um, I want to save my vacation days for later on because, like I said, I'm probably going to draw the the deer tag I really want. It's a 14 day season, so trying to take off 14 days in a row right after I take a week off, it's literally back to back with the week you're supposed to come up. <laughs> uh, so taking tw- taking like. 17 or 18 work days off in a row is going to be a challenge, but, uh, we'll see what work says. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat flexible, so we can, we uh, can figure it I, out. I, so. I planned it that way for a reason. Cause I, uh, every time I've drawn this deer tag, I've filled it the first day that I've hunted. Oh, wow. So I've never had an issue like, yeah, I'm going to ask for the extra time off from work, but I don't think I'll miss beyond when, when just for you, cause I'll be back because my season opens on Friday, I think it is. It's here Friday or Saturday, and your season closes the day before and then reopens like two weeks later. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so pronghorn. Um, again, there is a um, over the counter. Um, it is archery only. Um, there is there the archery um, one is kind of interesting. 
So the it's August to September, 15th to 20th, August 15th, September 20th. The August days are buck only. And then the it switches to either sex from September 1st to September 20th. On the, And again, this is archery only. Um, and there's a map in the brochure of where it's good. A lot of the places in there, again, either don't have many pronghorn or access is a pain in the butt. There's like, so it's um, like where my farm is, is one of the over the counter archery units. All the pronghorn in the whole unit live within three miles of the highway and one like three guys place. That's about, they have, they live in like a 10 square mile area, all of them, every single one of them. And if you don't have permission from that guy, you're not going to get a pronghorn. Hmm. I've only seen them in one other spot ever. And that would happen to be right by my farm. Five doe pronghorn ran by last year for the first time ever, but we have never seen them anywhere else. And I've never seen a buck anywhere else than this one place. Uh, there's a gas station right there where you get off the highway and they're actually like right across from the, across the highway. There's like, it's a highway, the interstate gets off to go onto a highway. Um, but the, like across the highway from the gas stations where the feed, they're always in that field. There's always a buck there almost yeah. every, all the time during the season. Um, if I had had a tag last year, I could have gotten the permission and shot one, but I, I didn't cause it just didn't work out. But, yeah. uh, I was driving home during season and there was one sitting there and, uh, I knew somebody who had a rifle tag that started like a week later. So I texted him exactly where it was. He shot one, like probably the same guy. We're almost positive. Um, in the same field, about 80 yards from where I saw that one wow. nine days later. So it was wow. like, it's, we were almost positive. It's the same one. Cause you get kind of a weird hook, but, uh, it was uh it was pretty funny but yeah they're all in that one spot so it's like huh. keep that in mind when you look at that um the southeast part of Colorado has a pretty decent population um it's like units like th- 135 130 down into the 140 range down in that area but land access again is a joke like if you got to pay money um realistically cuz nobody lets you on for free down there they all know they can sell you land access for 1000 or 1500 bucks a head yeah. Um, for archery, and then if you want to do rifle, it's usually more than that, even or you got to buy a landowner tag. Um, I know last year I saw a bunch of landowner late season doe tags down there for a thousand bucks a piece. Guy had like thirteen of them, so he probably had ten thousand acres, fifteen thousand, something like that. So he had a huge place. In the December season, they all grouped together. So like, and those were I believe C tag or they're B tags. You could have bought two. Um, but that's a lot of money to spend 2000 bucks. Oh, and why are not on landowners? If you buy it, you still have to pay the state the land, your fee for your tag. Mm. So like I pay landowner a thousand bucks for that pronghorn tag. For me, it's 45 bucks. Now, if you pay the, as a non-resident, pay that landowner that thousand bucks, you, then you pay the state four fifty six and change on top of that. Wow. Um, and that's the way they do it. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Where, like I said, if you can find a cheap one or whatever, it's it's a good deal. But just keep in mind, you're paying that to that person, and then you still have to get the take it into a an office and get it certified, and then get the actual license, and you have to pay the state their due. Gotcha. Um, so just keep that in mind that you are paying the tag price on top of the voucher price. Yeah, good to know. But yeah, so the big thing there is over the counter. Um, is got that funky thing where the changes from buck only to either sex. 
Uh, again, low, either low population numbers or, or crappy access or both. Keep that. So that's the big thing to know about the over-the-counter um, there. The season's really long, of course. Like it's, it's over a month, which is a long season for Colorado. But there's a reason for that. And then the archery pronghorn seasons are basically the same are the same length. Like if you bought if you draw a buck tag, it's August fifteenth to September twentieth. It's super long season, mm. um, so that's a good thing there. Um, uh, that's the other reason to do the draw on pronghorns. You get the really long season for your buck, and you uh, you avoid the crowds of the over the counter areas. Most pronghorn units that are good take a lot of points. Um, even as a resident, um, like the area that I usually elk hunt, uh, 3301, is one of the better, if not the best, pronghorn unit in Colorado. I'll just, I'll say it. I don't care. People yeah. can try to get it, but um, I'm ahead of the game and getting points towards it, so it's not going to bother me. Um, as a resident, like to draw the archery is six points minimum. Wow. Um, to draw the rifle is at least nine points. But there's so many landowner vouchers for that unit. Like, if you're willing to pay the money, you could hunt it every single year. Wow. Um, if you're willing to pay $3,000 a year, you could hunt it every single year. Um, you just have to find landowners that have vouchers because there's so many big landowner chunks up there. Um, and they get 15, uh, either 10 or 15, I think it's 15% of the tags there. Let's see. No, they get uh, 10% of the tags, and there's just so many of them up there that they, they get them. And you could hunt it literally every year, but you're paying, you know, three grand plus license fees and everything else, which if you got the money, do it. I mean, you're going to have a great experience. It's going to be an awesome hunt. Um, but guys like me who don't, we're, we're going to wait nine. I'm going to wait the nine years to do it with the rifle. I'm not going to go at six with the bow. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, that's seven years till I get to do it again. If I don't get one, then I'm really going to regret it. Yeah, exactly. And with the the wolves moving in there, like, it's probably just going to get worse. Yeah. Um, like, I think I have, there are five or six pronghorn points. So I'm getting, getting semi-close to having to start make the decision. But yeah, um, that's the thing there. Um, the rifle seasons, they do, some of them, they have a late doe season, um, some of the areas. So that's really a good option if you know if you have land access because they really group up um so like if you have land access and you have buddies and it's a, like a fairly low draw like easy to draw unit that's awesome to do those late ones yeah. um i know a couple people that have some access down like in the like 134 range area i forget what exact unit they're in but down there somewhere and they uh, they'll have like five or six guys get those December tags, and they'll fill like all of them every year, just because they'll be and they'll shoot them all in the same like set. They'll just go around. There'll be a herd of two hundred hanging out on a cornfield. Um, so just if you if you have the ability to get one of those late ones and know a place with land, that's the way to do it for sure. If, if you don't care about horn, antlers, but so yeah, gotcha. Well, anything else on pronghorn that we need to know about? That's pretty much it there. Um, again, same thing. If it's east of 25, land access is hard. That's going to be like my my theme of the story because yeah. it seems like a great deal. It's like, oh, yeah, it only takes two points to draw this unit, and the success rate's 75%. It's like, well, like the 25% of guys who didn't kill anything didn't have access. Like, yeah. or, like, or like, you know, let's say there's 100 tags. Well, there's never 100 tags out there, but – 
like even my unit that has like this is super crappy land access only has 10 rifle tags by my farm there's 10 pronghorn rifle tags literally 10 and uh i think the success rate's like 60 and it's like everybody knows where they are it's just a matter of finding 10 pronghorn and like getting the okay from the guy to shoot them or where they are right and six out of ten get that or five out of ten get that every year but it's you know it's so it's a pretty high percentage but you gotta either pay to play or or know the guy yep. one or the other exactly cool well moving on through uh through the list and everything here we got bear and then some special species real quick to wrap it up um Want to hit those real quick and the need to know items? Yeah. So bear, uh, like I said, I need everybody to hunt bears. If you come <laughs> here and you're buying a tag, buy a bear tag. For one thing, they're really comparatively very reasonable. Uh, non-resident went up went up to one twelve thirty four. So it's a real like comparatively, it's a really cheap tag, um, and you can add it on if you have a rifle tag. In any of the one through four seasons, there's an option to add, almost always to add an over-the-counter or limited limited draw bear tag. And it's really simple, and they want you to buy them. Um, and then, like, the, the archery, muzzleloader, or rifle seasons are all pretty long. Um, the rifle season, archery seasons are September 2nd to September 30th, um, if you do want to actually draw one. So there's good options there. I think there's landowner options. I have never really seen them for sale. Um, I don't know like what the deal is there. I've never seen one. I'm guessing most landowners don't really even want to put it, put the money up to put in for them. Cause there's just uh like, if you get them, you want to make sure you get them and kind of thing. Like, and so it's, I'm sure most people that would pay money for a bear tag probably actually want to make sure they get a bear. So probably your option there is going outfit or not necessarily in or tag. And I know, it's semi reasonable um, to get a bear bear hunt here two three thousand dollars five thousand dollars or less, depending on exactly what you're looking for, how nice of a lodge and all that kind of stuff. Right. But um, it's one thing that like CPW really wants people to hunt bears, and so they make it really affordable. Um, there's high percentage. If you do get one, you have to get it inspected. Um, so you have to like, call CPW the, the, and talk to them, and they set up an office to go on a appointment to go see them or they'll like if they have staff which is pretty rare right now um they'll come see you and you have to do it within like a couple like a day or two of taking the bear you like have to call them the same day and then set up the appointment and go see them like within like two business days hmm. um so if you do do bear hunting like keep that in mind no like look up where your cw cpw offices are by where you're at especially if you're from out of state and you want to do it um i was listening to a podcast moves to the same way um but a guy from Nebraska was moose hunting last year and he, uh, he shot him, shot a cow moose, called him to check it in, did the check in and had to go to an office. But of course that office was closed and not going to reopen until Monday. And this is on a Friday. He shoots it. So it's, so he goes and parks that drives an hour and a half to the, like farther away from his house to go to a different one. Um, and then they, uh, finally check him and he finally gets to leave at like saturday at like two o'clock instead of like if he had been you know if the one was open or whatever it could have been done first thing saturday so check into that call the cpub call the office you're going to plan on going to figure out their hours call a couple other offices around know their hours as well um that way you know like hey if we get one at this time we might have to drive five out like you know three hours or two hours 
to an office we can check into in timely to not get fined. And they won't care that you like that there's not an office open. They'll just fine you. So yeah. um, hmm. be aware of that. Do the research ahead of time. Call, talk to them. Go from, you know, it's it's annoying, but it's the rule. So just deal with right. the rule. Yeah, exactly. So to, to kind of wrap up the list here, and then we'll get into our next thing real quick. Um, you have these, these last three species on your list are the moose, the mountain goat, mountain goats sorry can't talk you get <laughs> and uh the rocky mountain bighorn sheep um yep. all of these from the article standpoint as far as the information disclosed they all the prices are virtually the same and they all function very similarly so we'll kind of knock all three of them out at once but what what is the deal with with these these big three yeah so you the rules are very different so everything else when you draw when you get a preference point you just get a point with these, they have what are called weighted points. So you have to buy, you have to have three points before you can start adding weighted points. And the weighted points are what actually like let you draw the tag. So basically, you buy in, and they also cost extra money every year for your preference point. So as a resident, it's $50, and they do the draw for sheep and uh, the mountain goat and the sheep in May, usually late May, uh, mid May. And the moose, they do at the same time as everything else in early June. I probably should have mentioned that a long time ago. This is early, early June, but um, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so to back up, uh, you put up your application fee and all that kind of your small game license money and everything else. We'll probably cover this in a little bit when we go over yours. But you put up that amount up first, and it's like $120. Uh, let me scroll back up and cover that real quick, and then we'll jump back. Um so as a non-resident, it's $115.28 for one animal. And for each additional animal, you pay $10 um, for your application fees. Well, for the mountain goat, moose, and bighorn sheep, when you, you, when you do it, you have to say, hey, I want to pay the money to get the point, or I don't want to pay money, and I'm just basically wasting my time. Because if you're not going to get another point, you're, you're never going to draw it. It's just not the way this works. You, you need 20 or more to have a chance. So if you're not going to get your points, you're not going to ever draw one. Um, so it's 50 bucks as a resident, hundred bucks as a non-resident for each one. And you got to pay that every year. So I just started the mountain goat climb last year. So I'm at one non-weighted point this year. I'll go to two non-weighted points. Next year I'll go to three non-weighted points finally and then the first time i get a point that actually is helpful will be in 2025 i'll go to three non-weighted and one weighted point wow in 2045 i'll be at three and like 19 or 20 weighted points that'll be the first time i can think about drawing one of these tags holy smokes in 2045 <laughs> uh, i mean the rules may change and they may get a little bit less in demand or we may have a huge boom in population um neither are likely but it could happen, you know, never know. God may say, I want to have more mountain goats in Colorado and make it happen. But uh, <laughs> other than that, like uh, I'm looking at 2045 probably when it's a realistic hunt chance. Um, that is crazy. Unless I win the raffle or get to be super rich and buy the the auction tag. <laughs> which this year the auction tag only went for 36 grand, which is the all-time low. Like, well, I think it's the all-time low for Cardo's mountain, mountain Goat tag. Wow. Only 36. Which, yeah, only 36. <laughs> so here, I mean, I don't need to say like it's not that much money, but like comparatively, um, the Arizona mule deer tag went for $740,000 this year. 
their governor's meal deer tag for Arizona went for 700. I think it's either 740 or 725. Either way, way more money than I'll probably make in my whole life. Man, for that, all the other things in other places you could hunt for that much money. Holy smokes. You could go to Africa, and that's my other passion is hunting in Africa and hunt every year for like 15 years. Honey, like all, like nicest lodge, hunt anything you want. And you wouldn't spend that seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! That's Going for fifteen insane. years in a row. That is insane. So, but yeah. So the other thing is these tags are really like you're going to spend a lot of money to get them because you're going to pay your you know fifty bucks or hundred bucks a year, and then they're pretty expensive when you get there. Um, so as a resident, let me pull it because it's like three hundred. Uh, where is it? If I didn't write it down. But it's they've gone up, um, where it's like about three hundred dollars, I think, as a resident for the tag. Pull uh, the sheet book over here. Oh, I got it. Okay, three forty, three forty six for yeah. the for the tag as a resident. As a non-resident, it's twenty five forty four. And just remember, those prices are going to go up every year by the cost of living. So by the time I probably draw this tag, my uh, mountain goat tag will probably be between five hundred and six hundred bucks. Is my guess. Yeah. You know with. 30 25 years of cost of living index and updates yeah it'll be it'll be 500 600 bucks and i've already paid 50 bucks a year for every one of those years to get there uh now if you were going to do this it would be that and then it'd be like four thousand dollars yeah no not happening sorry <laughs> probably not. You say, you're probably not going to join me on that climb no so i'll, I'll I watch from the sideline on that one so. When I draw it, you can come carry the pack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll come film for you. <laughs> yeah. So you're a little bit younger, so you can, you'll still be in better shape. You can carry the pack and everything. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll play that. We'll play that one by ear. <laughs> yeah. When, when we get when we get when I'm like Sam, I want to draw it this year. You're like, I I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I changed. I didn't my mind. say that. I didn't say I'd, I'd come film. I'd be like, yeah, you did it right here. Yeah, right it's on the day. podcast. I'll pull this episode up. From 20 years yep. ago. <laughs> yep. Well, man, uh, like I said, all this is very, very educational. And if we still have listeners, viewers hanging with us at this point, it's, it uh, most likely they're the people who are truly interested and, in, you know, actually trying to educate themselves on this stuff and, and put in for stuff. Or you just forgot to turn it off, whatever the case might be. <laughs> but uh, before we hang it up, I wanted to... I wanted to dive in real quick and look at or talk about, I should say, what I'm going to need to do this year for the steps that I want to take because my goal is to come up there um, thanks to your and your family's invitation and hunt mule deer up there is, is my goal. So what what am I looking at as a guy from Texas to, to make give myself the best shot of making that happen? Yeah, so uh, first thing is you've got to put in for the draw. Um, mm-hmm. like we normally draw landowner tags, but the, so the, what's the thing with landowner tags? Let me back up a second. Is there's two types that landowners get. They can either get what's called a restricted or an unrestricted. So restricted, they can only give to blood relatives or to minor children, people under, under 17 and younger. Um, so it's 12 to 17. Um, but they, and they can give to anybody 12 to 17 or they can give it to any blood relative or they can sell it to any of those people too. Or there's an under, or there's an unrestricted type, and this is the types you see for sale. Um, 
in very rare cases, people might try to sell the the kid ones, but I've it's never really an option, and people don't usually pay for them, so that usually doesn't happen. But the unrestricted, you can give to anybody or sell to anybody, or basically they're yours to do with what you want. Um, you can sell them, you can give them away, whatever you want to do, or you can use them yourself. Um, so this year we're probably not, we always just get the under the the restricted ones because they're they take less points to draw. Because even landowners have to use points to draw their their tags. So like our landowner unrestricted ones take about four points to draw a rifle but mule deer tag. Um, whereas the you know like there's other areas where it may take zero to draw the unrestricted. But so, anyways, that's kind of the, the caveat there. But so what you'll need to do is put in for the draw. And so by April fourth at eight p.m. Please be earlier. Don't pull a Nick. I'm not going to pull a Nick. <laughs> no, not happening. I, I don't need to be throwing up and try to text you. While <laughs> your internet's not working at, you know, 747, and then they give us a 15-minute extension. It's not enough. Uh, but, yeah, so you're, you're going to be in uh, – I'm guessing you'll probably do the small game license because we'll probably hunt pheasants when you come up. So it makes sense to do that. And we don't have turkeys where I'm at, so it doesn't make sense for you to buy a turkey tag because otherwise you're just going to spend money and probably not hunt it anyways. Right. Um, so you're looking at 115 and 12, yeah, $115 and 28 cents to put in for that deer tag your and then your license, your habitat stamp. And then I'm going to urge, and I think you're listening to me on this one to put in for points for elk and pronghorn. Um, because I think I've sold you on that. They matter at this point. We've done this multiple times. You've heard me ramble on it for hours. Yep. Um, so those are 10 bucks a piece. You'll be at like 135 and 28 cents for those. I personally don't think bear points make a big difference. Um, there are a few limited bear tags um, as a non-resident that do take points. As a resident, they matter a little bit more because you could get a, get a private ranching for wildlife tag, but that's not something I'm personally that interested in. Um, yeah. If I'm going to go want to shoot a bear for sure, I'm just going to pay somebody in Canada. I'm going to be honest with it's less work and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's what I'd rather do, I think. So yeah. then spend money for the next a million years to get it. I think it's like a 26 or 27 point tag for those uh, ranch for a while. So it's like, I'm already going to be in the long haul for other things. I don't want to be in the long haul for a bear when it's like not, you know, it's in the success rate on that hunt's like 21%. It's not great. Like it's, yeah. and it's higher than like other, most of the other bear tags, but it's not like, you know, it's not a 20 year project worth in my opinion. So, right, exactly. um, but yeah, so you'll do those. And again, you got to do that by April 4th at 8 PM. I'm sure I will annoy you enough that you'll do it long before that. I will. Uh, yes. And then, um, first week of June is going to come around and you're going to check your email every day and you're going to check your credit card statement every day to see if you get hit. Cause everybody will start posting the, when the, when they say like the draws this week, you'll, everyone will start posting, Hey, my credit card got hit for this amount of money and they'll know what they drew. Um, or if you put in for two things, it costs the same. It gets annoying. Cause you're like, which one did I draw? And you have to wait till the, the actual thing posts, which takes like till the afternoon, the day that it hits your credit card. So everybody will know at like eight o'clock in the morning, if it hits your credit card, then you'll find out like that afternoon what happens. They always do it in the most annoying order possible because they do like moose first. So it's like seven people are happy <laughs> and everybody else is like, okay, I didn't draw a moose tag. And then they do like bear. And it's like, again, a few people who like had the high risk bear tags are happy and everyone else is like, okay, this is annoying. Um, and then it's kind of like random which one they do each day from there, <laughs> whether it be pronghorn, uh, deer or elk. And there's like 
I don't think there's a pattern. They may, there may actually be a published pattern that I don't haven't realized, but um, it seems to be different every year. At least I, usually it's probably because I'm caring about what's different every year. Cause it's, you know, this year, this year I'm only in basically only caring about deer. Uh, everything else for me personally, I'm not, I'm just getting preference points or I'm not going to draw the tag that them, I put in for as a long shot. So yeah. um, I should have enough points to get the deer tag to hunt rifle with a rifle at my farm for a mule deer or any deer. So basically the, what you're going to put in for is an archery tag. That's good. That's an either sex archery tag. It's good for October 1st to 27th, November 8th to 30th and December 15th to 30th, 31st, excuse me. Um, so that's some splits. And then those two splits are the rifle seasons, which is kind of funny that the, the rifle seasons they drop in there. So, um, that's why I was saying if you come that November time and then my rifle season that I'm hoping to draw will start the day after your season ends. So hopefully we can get you filled up and then I can fill up the next day and then you can go home and we both got deer on camera. So that'd be good. I like it. Um, that's the plan and, uh, we'll see what CPW does to make that happen or not, but that's what I'm looking at. And then the other, what I think if as for a second choice for you, and I, I think I've sort of mentioned this, but as if you don't draw the mule deer tag, you can put in for a second. So when you put in for tags, you can put in for four options. Obviously for you, like the number one's mule deer. And then there is an option to put in for a whitetail either sex tag or a whitetail doe tag. You're not, you and your wife would be pissed if you pay $456 for a whitetail doe tag. Yeah. So that I got, one I got those down not, here, man. Yeah, that's not gonna. <laughs> even if you shot a two, even if you shot a three hundred pound doe, your wife's gonna be like, "What the heck are you doing?" Yeah. Now, so the whitetail, either sex, I think makes sense to put in for as the second choice, mm-hmm. um, for two reasons. One, it's the same season dates, except for you also get the rifle seasons that I have oh. that I'm putting in for. You get both the rifle seasons, so it's called a seasons choice tag. So it's good for all the archery dates. You get some muzzleloader dates during the archery dates, and you get the rifle seasons, and it's good for either sex. Um, so as a second choice, I think we should have you put in for that because shooting a large, nice whitetail, you might want to do for four hundred and fifty-six dollars. Um, and uh, like meat-wise, they're much bigger up here than the little scrawny deer we shoot down yeah. in Texas. I I know I know meat-wise that that they are bigger for sure, and I've. I've seen the whitetails that you have up there, man. They're they're nice. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't that, I wouldn't complain if I had a if I had a crack at a at a decent whitetail buck up there either. So yeah, mule, as so far was, as mule deer goes, man, I'm just I've never hunted mule deer before. I I really like yeah. Everybody wants to kill a nice buck, but at the same time, I'm I'm not gonna be picky coming up there after a mule deer or anything. You know if. If yeah. you say shoot, I'll shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's the like I said, the the first choice is literally good for any deer. So it's good for mule deer, whitetail, buck, or doe. And then like I said, the second choice is good for either sex, whitetail would be the way I would do it. And I think I think that's what we should have you do. Gotcha. Um, just because you'll draw one, you should draw the primary unless like everybody in the world decides they want to try to hunt my area, which. I don't think it'll happen unless some landowners puts up all of his ground into public in the next couple of weeks, but that doesn't happen till the fall. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, and just as a fallback, then you can draw the, the other one. The cool thing that Carter does though, is if you draw one and you're like, crap, 
uh, my wife is pregnant or because, you know, you, you find out in June, you put in now in March or April, you find out in June and then you got to go whenever. But it's like, you know, if your wife's pregnant and going to have a baby or like other crap like that, you break your leg um, in June, they give you an option for about four days where you can turn the tag back in and get your money back and your points back. Really? They used to do it where you, they changed this last year. They used to do it where you could turn it back in, but you only got either your money or your points back. So like for some guys, it was like, Hey, um, I put 25 points into this tag and I don't care if I'm out 500 bucks. I need my points back. Yeah. I can't go. Uh, yeah, give me them back. Something came up, but they changed it where there's a surrender period now. And I want to say it's like literally four days after the end of the draw. Let me see if I can find it. It's in the book. And I think I put it in the other thing, but it, the book's a little easier to read because it's, I don't know where it is. And I find it. The issue. Uh, maybe yeah, anyways it's like it's like four days so if you do change your mind or something comes up pay really good attention read the fine print and be on it because yeah. once you find out you get it you need to like you know if you draw the tag and you're like hey i can't come you need to get on the phone to cpw the same day like or the next day at the worst like you need to get on the phone um, if you're not local, if you're local, you need to drive over to an office and talk to them and just deal with the, the having to wait and talk to somebody and they're going to be having a bad day because they just got yelled at by everybody and their mom about mm-hmm. draw results. But um, you'll just be nice. Say, hey, this is what's up. My blah, 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 blah. And you turn this back in and they'll do it and you'll get your money back and you'll get your points back. But um, you need to be on it if you want that because it's not, like I said, it's not uh, it's not quick. Yeah. I mean, it is really quick. You have a very short time to do it. The other thing they let you do is you can change from one license to another. Like, so let's say you drew a cow tag in like the second season somewhere. And there was another cow tag that made it to leftovers um, that you'd rather have in like the third season. Like you can trade yours in for that one. And it's like five bucks. Um, If it's, if it's the same cost license, if it's more expensive, they charge you the difference plus five bucks. Um, so if something comes up and you need to change your hunt slightly, there might be some leverage to do that. That's usually not till like mid August when you can kind of do that, but um, it's not, uh, you're not going to have a lot of choices. You're going to be left with like the stuff that has really crappy land access and uh, super low populations. Yeah. I got you. Well, Tim, what else do we need to know? Um, put in early, put in often. You know, it is a waiting game. Like, like I said, I'm planning like my mountain goat hunts 2025. Or I mean, 2045 or later. Um, the best elk and deer units are 2035 or later. If I even wanted to think about them, um, I'm super lucky, and there's great deer hunting at my farm. So I'm not going to ever put in for like save up to put in for the really great mountain mule deer units, just because it's not like I have that quality of mule deer at my farm. Um, and I'm lucky that I have private access so I can actually get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, you know, it's, a, it's a game and you got to pay it and you just got to deal with it. And it's kind of annoying and it sucks and costs money. And every year it's a fight with your spouse about how much money can I pay? Um, so get it up, get, you know, so I, I told, you know, in our, in our chat with everybody, um, that wants to go next year, I told him 150 bucks, you have to have 150 bucks this year and 150 bucks next year. It's not that much money, but if you plan on having 150, the uh, 
135 it's going to be isn't that big of a deal because you already planned on having 150 set aside in your in your life so yeah that's and the thing about it is an investment because like like i said you can go you could go every year over the counter and save that 115 125 135 bucks whatever it is but your experience sucks i mean you may, if you really want to hike and really put the time in, or you can take the entire month of September and go elk hunting for an entire month. Great. 99% of us can't do that. We can't go hunt for a month. We can't afford to pay to go on a private ranch during those seasons that have great acreage, you know, right. um, pay the 115, you know, pay the little bit of money as an investment. So that three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you can have a better hunt. You're not, again, most of us aren't going to want to wait the 20, 25, 30 years for the best of the best. I know I don't. Like, even, even on elk, like, I splurged a couple of years ago and blew three points on a cow tag um, for a private ranch experience. Um, I'm saving up to do a five point bull hunt. Uh, it's going to be my next one, probably, that I blow some points on um, because it has limited hunter numbers, uh, because it has a little bit higher population, higher success rates. Um, so that's what, you know, spend a few points and get, you know, spend a little bit of money and get a better experience and your odds will be better. And, you know, if you can go every other year between now and then and have a crappy over the counter experience, at least you're getting the experience of hunting, you know, it's as much getting out there as it is, um, you know, getting, getting to take an animal. And if you want to hunt every year, um, find a cheap landowner tag or find a guy that charges a cheap tra- trespass fee somewhere and just realize like, Hey, it's not the best, but if I can get on this place for 500 bucks, I can get on this place. I have my own spot. Um, you know, as a non-resident, you might be in two grand between like travel tags, 500 bucks for a uh, non you know, just get that. That's not that much money. If you make it into your family vacation, you know, if you, if you can sell your wife or your, you know, or yourself on that's my, my that's my vacation for the year two grand's what it costs to do anything on vacation yeah exactly so well tim thank you very much i appreciate all the info and you going through all this again in in great detail like you did last year both through the article and your research and then with the with the podcast here this evening so it's been been very educational and i hope i got something out of it i know and i hope that our our listeners our viewers did as well so thank you for sure and if you guys have questions out there just shoot info at follow-up session an email and they'll hook you up with me or find me on instagram or facebook or whatever and we'll get a we'll get you hooked up yeah however you guys are are listening you know whatever it might be if you're watching the youtube video or if you're listening on your app just you can either send us a message on social medias or the, the general email Tim just threw out there, info at fallupsession.com, that uh, send us an email there. And um, if you have any questions or need some need some coaching or help, Tim Tim's grateful and or very willing to, to help out, and we're very grateful for that. So um, we'll, we'll set you all up. So um, For our listeners, though, thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, hit that follow and subscribe button, whatever podcast platform you are streaming on. We are on all major podcast platforms, as well as Carbon TV, Waypoint TV, and our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is where you can find the podcast videos and a lot of our other forms of content and media series that we have available. FallObsession.com is our website. That's the hub. That's where you can find 
all of our different avenues of content, our media series, our educational articles like the one that Tim has written that we've referenced multiple times, um, as well as other just general hunting and uh, tactic knowledge and tips and stuff like that are available on there. Um, check out some of our apparel. we got some hats in stock right now, so pick you up a Fall Obsession hat while you're over there exploring the website. Um, yep, Tim's rocking uh, one of our... The rifle Hunter. Yeah. The lucky Rifle Hunter. Lucky Rifle Hunter. That's a very good point. Yeah, so we're pretty much every podcast, if you're watching the video, somebody's rocking some form of apparel. Tim's got that Pronghorn Country shirt on, too, which was a pretty popular one for us. But uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Go Wild. Um, those are all the platforms that we're on. We're also on TikTok now. Fall Obsession Media is the handle on TikTok, so go... Um, Give us a follow if you're into the old ticking and talking and all that kind of stuff. And uh, last but not least, Ridge Rock Hunt Company is the podcast partner. Derek and Lacey over there in Mississippi, they have a large network of vetted and trusted outfitters in North America that they set their clients up with. So if you are looking for um, an outfitter to hunt with, you might give Derek a call as well because uh, he's got plenty of people in all United States and, and across North America that he can set you up with depending on your timeline, your price range, um, you know, what what exactly you're looking to experience, Derek will help you out. So Ridge Rock Hunt Company, go check them out on their website and their social media pages. Tim, thank you again, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, I got one more thing to say if that's cool. Go for it. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, if you're in the West and want to join our staff, definitely apply. Yes. Um, there aren't too many of us, and uh, it's going to be great to have a few more of us out here. Also on that note, we are going to do a staff elk and deer hunt in 2024. And so if you are in the West or not in the West and interested in that, um, apply and see if you get on staff, and we can talk about it uh, with that going forward. Absolutely. Very, very valid point. And I did overlook that we are trying to, um, as Tim said, expand our roster out there in those Western United States. So as I mentioned at the very beginning, Tim is our Western regional staff coordinator. So um, he's kind of he's in charge of the of those Western states and the staffers that are in those regions and everything. So um, very helpful guy to get you set up, not just with fall obsession, but also with any other kind of hunting opportunities you might be interested in out there on our website fallobsession.com slash staff opportunities is the page that you can go to if you forget that handle don't worry about it there's plenty of links on our uh, on our social media pages through our instagram bio um, and then if you just go to the website in general there's plenty of you know hyperlinks and stuff on there that'll send you where you need to go to learn how to apply and start that application process with fall obsession so and you don't have to be in the west you can be in other states south southeast northeast midwest all those all those great regions to to join staff but we definitely want to beef up that western region also so um thanks tim appreciate you thanks sam good to talk to you again all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We're back again next Monday, as always, with another Fall Obsession podcast episode. We'll catch you then.